Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast following a 3-1 win at Aston Villa on Boxing Day. First half goals from Salah and Van Dijk set the Reds on course for victory, but it took an instant goal from substitute Stefan Bajsetic to hold off a spirited second half fight back from the home side. Liverpool made up ground on fourth place Spurs and at times we looked much more like Jurgen Klopp's Reds. All in all, a good day's work and quite reassuring too. I'm Chris Smith, and to chat through the events at Villa Park, I've got TLW editor Dave Usher and Paul Natten. Dave, I expected us to win tonight, and I expected us to put in a good showing, um, but thought we'd get a good test at Villa, seeing as they have a proper manager now, and uh, you know that's how it turned out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, the, the second half was tough. I thought the first half, I thought we played really well. I don't know what was going on the start of the second half. We just seemed to lose it completely. Um, that's a little bit of a concern, maybe fitness-wise, you know, because I thought the first half, I thought the pressing was great, you know, the energy really good, we looked lively, we, we were just, we did give up some chances, to be fair, but I thought, like, the energy was there, and, and we looked more like ourselves, but then we've come out to the second half, and I, I don't know what went on there, but then I think, like, a, a big positive is it was getting away from us, we'd conceded a goal, wasn't going well, Villa was just all over us, had us penned in, and then... Klopp made the change, like double substitution, and not gonna lie, I, I seen like Naby's coming on, Harvey's coming on, and I'm like, oh, what's this gonna do really? Because we had our first choice midfield out there, and I'm like, well, if we're weakening the midfield by, because you know Thiago was obviously gonna be the one to come off. Well, in my mind, anyway, I thought it would be Thiago, and I also thought Ox would come off as well. But I thought we might go to a diamond or something just because the midfield was just, um, I don't know, I just felt like Villa were winning all the second balls. We needed the extra body in there. But from the second that change was made, I think there was a stoppage, wasn't there? There was a, there was a bit of a stoppage. Someone was injured. Um, we made that change. And then when the game restarted after that double substitution... We we just took over the game. I'm not saying we were brilliant, but it was it was it was immediate. It and it wasn't that like Harvey and Naby did anything exceptional. It was just just keeping the ball. Yeah, we we just had a little bit more composure. We kept the ball, which was stemming the flow of their attacks, and we just took control of the game again. So all in all, really good first half made up with that. Uh, second half started terribly, but the positive is that you know Klopp saw the problems, fixed it. From the moment he made that change, I felt like we had the game totally under control again, and then we obviously get like the the third goal to 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 kill them off. Should have scored more, really. Um, overall, it's you know it's another one of those games where you're like, well, we really could have scored like six, seven, eight there. And again, you know we've got to look at Darwin for missing chances, um, but we could have conceded as well. You know, I, I thought I don't know what the problem is like defensively. I don't think it was like... Because the first half, like I say, I thought we looked full of energy. The pressing was good. We still give up like maybe three really good chances. And especially, you know, this is mad. We got away with it. But in the first minute of the game, Watkins went through the middle between Van Dijk and Matip and he gets a shot away. But luckily, the shot goes straight to Alisson. I'm like, how's that happening in the first minute? Fucking hell. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I just... I don't know what's going on with that because... It's not. It's not because of like specific individuals where you say, "Well, take him out the team, put someone else in, and we'll be fine." It's just it's a collective thing, and I don't know what the answer to that is because we did give up too many chances today. But that's nitpicking because overall, I think there's a lot more to be pleased with than than to be concerned with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a good that's a good place to hand over because that's how I felt in the first half. Paul, what I was really looking for 
tonight was some signs that the second half of the season were going to be more fruitful than the first half of the season. Some some bites, a signs that we have something about us again and that we're on the front foot and the press is good and the passing is crisp and the movement is good. And despite giving up some chances, I really did think that we saw that in the first half an hour of the game tonight and could have had more than the one goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I, th- I thought it was considering what we've, you know, how, how things were prior to the World Cup and particularly with the injuries and the issues that we're seeing with, with fitness and, and intensity, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really good result and there was lots of lots of things that were very promising about it. Um, you know, and away win is is, is, is is great news, I think, in the context of the way the season's been. Particularly Villa having uh, a new manager, won his first two games, and he's a good manager, quality manager. Um, and also they've got pace up front. And, the, you know, when we play a high line, the high line's been wobbly in terms of how, how well drilled it is. And I think, to answer Dave's point before about what's wrong, I think I'll, I'll come back to that in a sec, but I think that's part of the issue. Um, so I think to, to, to come through that, particularly with the wobble at 2-0, back to 2-1, and then they were dominating the game in the second half, I thought we showed good character there and, and lots and lots of positives to come out of the game. Um, you know, I'm sure we, we can come back to some of these players later, but I thought Trent, sensational. Robbo, almost mm-hmm. as good. Um, yeah. Mo heavily involved. Hendo, really good. Fabinho's um, better today as well. Be- better, I'd say. I wouldn't. I, I would yeah. say better. I wouldn't go as far as to say I thought he was. I thought he was great. In terms of the chances, I admire, um, oh, go on. Sorry, Chris. I was going to say I admire Fabinho's restraint and not going up for extra trifle on Christmas Day because <laughs> you know he looked much more like he's held off. But go ahead. Um, just coming back to the point about giving up the chances and things. There's two things I, I think I've, I've noticed. Well, I've noticed today, and I've also noticed this season. Is I just don't think that the, the the timing of the offside trap is right. So there's one, at least one of the chances. Robbo Robbo just didn't really have the courage of his convictions. He just dropped um, half a second before the others did and played played somebody onside. I can't remember which chance it was, but it was one of the ones of the first half. And I think we've seen that quite a lot this season. There's been obviously changes in personnel and what have you at the back. But I think that that is not if we're going to play such a a really really high line, it's got to be super well drilled. And I don't think that has been the case. That needs to improve a little bit. And the other thing is, whilst not disagreeing with Dave's point about, I thought the press was better. The intensity of the press in midfield is not where we want it to be. And I think that's why we that's why we, we give up some chances because Klopp's all, one of the reasons Klopp's able to push the fullback so high is that his confidence has been able to stop um, at source the passes that go into the spaces behind the fullbacks. And I think one of the ways we've always done that effectively is through that really, really intense, well-drilled pressure in the midfield. And I just don't think our midfielders have got it in their legs anymore to, to, to deliver that super intensity that you need to cut out all those chances. So in some senses, I don't think we're going to see that back again until there is more of a, a rejuvenation of, of the midfield personnel. But, you know, don't want to dwell on that too much because I thought there was, I thought there were positives there. I thought, as Dave said, I thought the, the pressing was better. Um, and certainly in terms of character, to, uh, to, to weather the, the 2-1. And, and as, as we were saying earlier, you know, Klopp makes decisive changes. You know, the first change is steady the ship completely and then the second change is where the winner comes from. Um, you know, I think much to be encouraged by. And then also, I, I'm sure we'll talk more about him. I just want to say that I'm really pleased for Darwin. I thought, you know, we can talk about his finishing and how wayward some of it is. But honestly, the way the bench were buzzing off him when he came off, he is doing exactly what they want him to do. 
there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And he's, I thought Andy Townsend was really interesting on, on the commentary because he, he identified exactly what it is that Darwin's... I mean, it's not rocket science. Obviously, it's there for us all to see, but it's the sort of stuff that is often is a little bit unsung, I think, in, in centre-forwards. We haven't seen this kind of centre-forward play certainly Liverpool for a while, but in the league as much. But that really, really high intensity, non-stop running, um, running just just giving giving defenders a hard time, playing off the shoulder, um, working defenders, running the channels, getting them behind, and non-stop um, looking for the ball. He wants the ball all the time. You know, I think he, he had a, what, at least three chances, good chances for, to my to my memory today. Um, missed all three of them. Um, and yet it, his head never went down once. He kept doing what was asked of him. And the, the, obviously his teammates must love that, but the the, the, uh, the bench clearly did. And, you know, he, 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 he just creates problems for opposing defenders. He causes chaos. Dave was saying that earlier in the season. He just makes things happen. Um, and I think we saw that in spades today. So I've, you know... I want to see him. Some of that, some of the finishing was poor, um, but I think it'll come. I do think it'll come. But the stuff that uh, the stuff that he is doing, I think, is really good. And also his stats, are, his stats are good as well. You know, for all the um, for all the criticism, twelve goals and three assists in twenty in twenty appearances is pretty good. Like, so I mean, I, I I was really pleased with Darwin today. Yeah, he could have had one or two goals, and yeah, some of the finishing was weak. But um, I I think he was a, he was a big positive for me in terms of moving forward and how we want to play. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, we do we do spend quite a lot of time talking about Darwin and that is because he's so involved in everything and yeah. you, you you literally can't take your eyes off him and something's always happening when he's around and that was the case sort of Dave within the first 90 seconds when he dummied that perfect cross from Robbo, I think presumably yeah. because perhaps he didn't really fancy himself <clears> to finish it. But um, it didn't take us long after that to get our noses in front and it was a bit of beautiful like pinball wizard goal really started by Trent squared by Robbo finished by uh, Mo and it was a lovely goal but a fabulous ball from uh, Trent who uh, unlike Curvy Calvin came back from Qatar at a suitable way to make a telling contribution yeah it's just um, he's the only player on the pitch who can do that maybe Thiago might have been able to do it but uh, it was just absolute quality um, the, the, the pass I also think what Robbo's ball's massively underrated Really because good. Of, because of what Trent did, no one's talking about that the, the pass from Robbo. But that's not a difficult. That's sorry, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, it as, he's kind of catching it as the ball comes down. So it's like sort of half volley first time, and because he's using his left foot rather than his right, that makes it even more difficult because of the angle that he's playing it from. And it was inch perfect. It was like really great technique from Robbo. You kind of expect that kind of pass from Trent. That's what he does. I thought like uh, Robbo's cross to Mo was just fucking brilliant as well, and then it's a tap in for Mo. But yeah, really good goal. Came from a corner. Second goal comes from a corner as well, and like second phase of of corners where it's been half cleared. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we're really good at, you know, just in general. Um, we might not always score from like the first the first ball in, but we all, I always feel like we're going to be a threat one way or another when we've got a corner. I always think we're going to do something. Yep. I mean, I'm glad that you raised the point about Robbo's ball as well, uh, because Paul, that's now the most assists in the Premier League for a defender. He's got 54 now, and he just over he just completed Everton's lovely day by overtaking Leighton Baines in 189 <laughs> fewer games. Uh, Trent's in third on 45, and by the time these two are done, they're going to be completely unassailable like that. You know, that, that mad Canadian bloke who pulled the 188-ton jet for 
29 feet they'll just never be beaten ever again <laughs> where's that come from how do you know that totally random thing you've just pulled no. out your ass there no I didn't put it in my ass I, I, I looked up like the hardest to break world records and that was the one that came up <laughs> Uh, fair play um, yeah. to this random Canadian fella then he probably doesn't get anywhere near the, the amount of mentions that he should do so yeah nice to, <laughs> no, nice to see him get some credit I, I googled some page on um, the, the 10 <laughs> stupidest world records that will never be broken because nobody can be bothered to try <laughs> and that's what it's going to be like with uh, Trent and Robbo by the time they're done it wouldn't surprise I mean, me if they both get up to 100 yeah 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 I, I agreed do you know the, I, I think the thing to say is, is I think it, is that pretty much everyone Liverpool fans less so, but I think Liverpool fans do as well. Pretty much everyone takes for granted what they do now. And it's mind-blowing. I mean, they've totally redefined what a fullback is. Both of them have in different ways. Quite interesting, really, when you think about them being, you know, quite different players in how they play the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Robbo's all action, all intensity. Trent is about the, you know, is all about the touch and the precision passing um, and the class. Um, you know, Klopp has completely revolutionised fullback play using with, with those with those two players. There's no one else, as you said, Chris. No one else touches them. No one else comes close. I mean, there are other teams that try to have attacking fullbacks, but no one does what we do um, with those two players. They're absolutely phenomenal. I thought both of them were great today. I think I mentioned that earlier on. I thought they were both superb. Um, and I think, yeah, I had in my mind a hundred as well for both of them. When you think about the relative ages, definitely. I mean, Trent's got. Yeah, Trent's got longer to go than Robbo, but Robbo is Robbo twenty eight now. Twenty seven, twenty eight. No, he's older. Right, I mean, he, definitely. He could still have. He could still have five years. He could still have five years in the team. Um, yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be a tough ask, but I, you know, there's it's it's definitely. Uh, I bet I'll put it this way. I reckon both of them will have it as a target. They'll yeah, both be thinking yeah. they want to get to hundred assists, um, and both of them will think they're in with the shelves of doing it. Um, yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and yeah, I just want to echo as well what Dave said about about uh, his part in the move for um, for Mo's goal. Absolute class, absolute class, and just I think it was probably um, yeah, as I think as Dave said, it was overlooked a little bit on the commentary, and just how good it was. The whole move was sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, great performance from both of them. Yep, and you know, just on the subject of the goal and and contributions that aren't always recognised like it's a goal for Salah it's a really nicely contributed assist for Salah tonight and sometimes he doesn't get enough credit for doing you know just putting the being there to put the ball in the back of the net and just lay off an easy pass and you know we win 3-1 and he has a goal and assist and plays really well on the night and it, it, at times like this you you can, you can kind of take him for granted but you also have to yeah. wonder with his fitness record and the fact that he's always available when three of the other four forwards aren't three of the other five forwards aren't like what would we do without him honestly he's mm. so unbelievably important to us and hopefully that yeah. break he's had for the World Cup um, can only stand us in good stead for the second half of the season now I really want to see him motor on and recapture that like form he had 12 months ago when everybody was calling him the best player in the world yeah on the goal as well I mean it's a tap in but the, the thing that he gets credit for is he kept himself on side you know, a mm-hmm. lot of strikers would have just gone a little yard too much and they'd have been off, but he's always so aware Darwin. of that. Well, Darwin needs to work on that because some of the offsides that he had today were, were, were a joke. Not so much the ones when he makes a run and the pass doesn't quite come early and he's he's like half a step off. That's fine, you know, I can deal with that. But there was a couple with Darwin, like there was one where Mo had the ball on the left wing 
and Darwin makes a run through the middle and he's well ahead of Mo. It's not like he's running alongside him, he's ahead of him. And he just runs like past the defenders and he's like fucking miles offside. And Mo tried to play the ball to him and I think it got cut out, but I'm like, how are you not aware that you're just running like probably five, six yards offside? And there's a couple of things like that and I'm like, no, that that's something he's definitely got to work on. It's that rashness, isn't it? I think, Dave. It's yeah. the decision making, the rashness. We see it in the finishing as well. Just, just, he just has a rush of blood. And I the think. finishing, the, the, the finishing. I mean, we spoke about this the other night, uh, and I said, you know, hopefully in the next game, like he gets the, the chances and he buries them. Well, he didn't. You know, I think a couple of them tonight, he's not really done much wrong. Um, the one when like the big high ball and he was waiting for it to come down and he's hit it and it's gone straight at the keeper. That's a really difficult chance. You know, no, yeah. no problem with him not taking that. Uh, the other one, the close range one from the free kick, again, it bounces up at him and all you're doing is just controlling it and guiding it towards goal and you need a bit of luck and he didn't get it, it went straight to the keeper, so that's fine. That's, it's the other one when he just, uh, I mean, what a goal that would have been, you know, when he ran through, Mo played a great ball mm-hmm. into space, but if you freeze that at the moment, Mo plays the pass. He's not really like the defenders have got about ten yards on him. You know he shouldn't really be able to to run through on goal like that uh, the way he did. But it's just like the pace and the power the way he's just blown by everyone, and he's done everything right up until like he's just dragged the shot wide on his left foot. And the other night it was like the same thing, but it was on his right side and he's dragged it across goal. And it's so frustrating because he is a fraction away from being unbelievable. Well, also on that one, Dave, I felt the keeper had slightly committed himself to, to the to the shot across him. And I think if he just held it a bit longer, he could have just slotted it near post. Yeah, it's I a lot the, of confidence uh, as well, though, isn't it? You know, it's, it's yeah, not been going yeah. in. Because probably playing for Benfica last season, he'd probably just dinked it and it had gone in. But that's the difference mm-hmm. from when like you're scoring every week like he was for Benfica in an easier league, obviously. And then now, and there's like there's more attention on him, and he's missed a few chances the other night, and then he's had a couple of unlucky ones. Things just aren't going his way in front of goal. Um, but that's why you know Andy Townsend. That was one of his reasons for giving him man of the match. Now I wouldn't have given him man of the match. Don't get me wrong, but I was glad that Townsend went the way he did, rather than just focusing on like, oh look at that, eighty million pound striker missing chances, which is like the low hanging fruit that a lot of people would have gone for. It's the Paddy Power Twitter account stuff, isn't yeah. it? That's constantly out there at the moment. Yeah, it's it's that that whole like banter shit. And but like right. Townsend's taken the view that well, he's absolutely ran that defence ragged today. You know they've not coped with them, and yeah, the ball's not gone in for him. But that's something like next week. You know he might have a bit of luck, and and it does go in. It's just it's one of those. But like his overall contribution to the game. He's ran them ragged, you know. If they couldn't cope with him, he's just constantly like, just like running in behind and making himself available. And it's also encouraging now that it feels as though they know when to play the pass to him. Yes, now. You know, I agree. Yeah, it's de- yeah. like, and sometimes it it's like not even looking. Like you know, they just know. Okay, I knock this one around the corner, and he's going to be onto it. Oh, and that's going to come like the more they play together. That's an encouraging sign for me that like he's adapting to the way we play and we're adapting yeah, to what he's good at, and that's only going to get better. The only thing is, is like you know, come on, just sharpen up your finishing. But I mean, someone said to me like uh, the other night, uh, I think it was Pete actually. Pete texted me and he said like um, about Darwin. It was after listening to the pod, and he said like. Don't forget, like in Suarez's first season, he was missing loads of chances, and everyone was saying he can't finish. You know, he's a great player, but he can't finish. And it, it it's something that, like, you know, it just clicked, and he just became like lethal, you know, prolific. So I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. He may end up just like staying like an erratic finisher, 
But if he, if it does, if you know, if the penny drops and he just becomes a good finisher, I mean, how many goals is he going to be scoring? You know, the chances yeah. that he's getting, and it's not like people are just putting chances on a play. It's not like he's just like in the six yard box, people putting chances there, and he's you know he's getting chances. He's getting all kinds of different chances, and a lot of them, other players aren't going to get those chances because they can't do what he does. So. You, you look at like he's like the. It looks like he could be the total package if he could finish, and that's the frustrating thing. Is like it's not going in, but you know there's so much to work with there. That's so exciting, so many like positives, and even if he to put one chance away the other night and one uh, today, people would be like looking at it in a completely different light to what maybe some people are. By some people, obviously, I'm referring to me dad, <laughs> who I've just had to listen to him like slaughter and Darwin from like first minute to last. Um, but it is the finishing, you know, if if he sorts that out, what can people criticise him for? Absolutely. I just want to say again, Dave, I just want to mention again, I've already mentioned it once, but I just want to emphasise again, I was actually quite taken aback by how um, what, how absolutely delighted the entire bench was when he came off. They were And the coaches, I mean, obviously his teammates were, but they were all up absolutely buzzing off him when he came off the pitch. Mm. That tells me that he is doing exactly what they want him to do and they think that they think he's heading for really, really big things. I mean, you know, Pete Kay, who's got who's got like a, who's got the dourest face ever at the club, he was absolutely buzzing off um, off Darwin coming off the coming off the pitch. I think that I think that the coaching staff there think they've really got something special on their hands. And he's a work in progress, obviously. I mean that's part of it with them, isn't it? They love the whole player development thing. It's part of what makes them a great coaching great coaching team. But uh, it really struck me just how um how sort of overjoyed they all seemed with him when he came when he came off. Because in the context of him not having scored, you know what I mean. Yeah. You'd expect it if he'd come off with a hat trick, but this was a guy coming off after eighty five minutes, you know, with with nothing really to show for it. But he's quite clearly. I think they feel that what they're trying to put in place with him is really starting to come to fruition. And certainly, Klopp um, was pleased with them afterwards as well. Was was in his in his uh, in his interview after the game was happy with um, with what he produced. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, oh, there were some some missed chances for Villa in that interim between uh, interim between us getting the first and the second. Uh, Leon Bailey missed a host of good chances tonight. I was quite mm-hmm. grateful for him being on the field, to be honest. Uh, Ollie Watkins missed a couple of good chances, especially that cross where he sort of um, got between Matip and Trent and just headed the ball into the ground. That was a really good chance. Um, and we had a goal dislike for offside. Joel just. Uh, drifted offside, which was a great header to be fair, but he was just about offside. Yeah. But we did get the the second goal just before the break. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before. Uh, second phase from the corner, a great little cutback from Mo, and some fantastic technique from Verge to to finish it off, uh, Paul. And I thought Verge had a really good game tonight overall. Like you mentioned, that second period where we came under the cosh a little bit more. He kind of stood up to the challenge, I thought. I thought he was rock solid throughout that period. Didn't give them anything. His yeah. positioning was great. A bunch of really good tackles. So um, for all the criticism that Verge had before we went away, he had a half-decent World Cup, and uh, I thought he looked better for it tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I, I've got a lot to add to that, Chris, really, other than that I noticed the same myself. I also just thought that kind of galvanising presence was really clear, just in terms of the communication. And, and the calming things down. I thought both he and Alison um, were both very, very composed and they just exude that that air of calm, don't they? That when we're in those hectic moments that the other players around them really need to see. Um, I just think they set the tone really, really well in the context of when we come under pressure. 
um, both in terms of their attitude, obviously in terms of where they play, but also in terms of their attitude. They don't get overawed at all. They don't panic. Um, and uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. I thought Virgil looked um, looked exactly what we want him to be, exactly what we know him to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think that's a good sign because yeah, not had not had the best first half of the season prior to the World Cup. So yeah, a, a, another 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 bonus really coming out of that game. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, lads, sorry to interrupt the, the flow of the pod, but uh, the group chat's going a bit wild at the moment because of a tweet from Paul Joyce. And um, the tweet reads, Liverpool want Cody Gakpo and discussions with PSV Eindhoven are advanced. Now, Cody Gakpo is the, the Dutch forward who lit up the World Cup in the group stages and was electrifying and a lot of Reds were calling for us to move for him so um, Joyce is among the most reliable journalists out there um, there's a story on the Times already about it um, Verge you say Dave made some comments after the game um, yeah, he did, that yeah. could have been keying into this but overall really fucking exciting news if this is the case yeah because we've spoke about the need for a forward it's like it's a pretty desperate need based on like the injuries that we've got and the amount of games we've got. But um yeah, Verge said afterwards I just saw some like some quotes on on Twitter which were a bit I don't know who he spoke to, I'm assuming it, it may have been like uh maybe like a Dutch journalist or something, but he was saying about like um uh, how happy they are to have like the World Cup players back in the team and, you know, big games coming up, we got good young players and then he said something like and we look forward to hopefully welcoming some newcomers into the group this month. Now we didn't say it was definitely happening, but it ju- it was one of those where you think, why is he saying that unless he knows something? So like immediately, my first thought was, well, hang on, his mate. You know, we've been linked with his mate. If something's going on there, he'll know about it. You know, he'll he'll have been like well involved in the discussions, and then this comes out, so it kind of like ties in. You're like, ah, that well, that was what Verge must have been talking about. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, does when we were first linked to them. I don't know how true this is, but like the the reports were more along the lines of like um, Pep Linders absolutely loves him and is like really pushing for it, saying we need to go for him. He's brilliant, uh, and it was him who was supposedly like leading the chase, if you like. Um, who knows? Because with with the whole situation with Julian Ward, I mean, are we going to be letting him make those decisions, or does he now need to just be guided by other people? Because we can't be letting him pick and choose who we sign when he's leaving you know his job's not on the yeah. line if if he if he's like yeah we've got to sign this lad we sign him and he's shit well Julian Ward's not carrying the can for anything is he maybe so, he's may- been in the works for months though yeah but maybe like they're having to let like other people have more of a say in yeah. what they would normally do and maybe it's well, I mean, Klopp, pushing for it Klopp is, the, Klopp is the ultimate voice isn't it when it comes to when it comes to transfers I mean I know he's not the sole voice but this is the voice that carries the most weight um, so that that doesn't really worry me so much. Do you know one of the things I want to ask you about, boys? Because as you know, I didn't watch any. I didn't watch a single minute of the World Cup. Um, 
but is Gakpo he's obviously a forward but is he more does he play off the left and through the middle because one of the things that I'm concerned about is that we seem to be lining up left-footed forwards and in terms of right-footers we've got Mo and we've got Doak and that seems to be about it so where, where, where does he play What? How, how would he fit for us well I actually I did not watch a single minute of Holland's group matches <laughs> i seen them i seen them playing against Argentina uh, and I don't remember him doing anything in that game, but like I seen the goals that he scored. I didn't watch any of it live, but obviously I've seen goals in the matches, and people were saying like how impressive he was and that. Um, so I can't really comment too much. But the only thing that it looked like to me is he, he looks like a bit of an all rounder. You know, you right. wouldn't pigeonhole him and say he can only play in that position or that. He, he looks like you know he's mobile, he's quick. You could probably just move him around, play him in different roles. Yeah, I mean, from what I noticed about him, he's, like all of our forwards, really, really strong dribbling skills. Um, cutting in, He was cutting in from the wing a lot. I think most of his goals were cutting in from the wing uh, and putting it away from the centre. I just, I thought he really did fit the profile for us. He's 23 years old, plenty of pace, uh, but he may have been playing. I think he may have been coming in on the left, but he is right-footed, I think. I think most of his goals right. were coming in off the left and finishing with his right foot. So kind of like the opposite to Mo in that respect. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, this is really exciting. He fits the profile. It is They're exciting. talking about a fee of like 45, 50 million. Like we're not breaking the bank for him if we potentially do go out and get is him. That price, is that the price, is it? Is that the price? That's what Joyce is saying, yeah. Neil He's Jones, rated it between... Neil Jones is saying initial fee 37, rising to 50. Wow. Wow. Man, yeah. that'd be bang that, on for us. Is there something yeah. going on with this contract? Because he's hot, isn't he? He's hot property. The Manks apparently been the Manks have been right up for, yeah. for signing him. I believe there must be uh, there must be a contractual element to that, which means that the prices is, is at that level. Yeah, um, possibly because like he's certainly yeah, he's coming off a World Cup where his profile's gone right up. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's it. That's fascinating. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, that bodes really well. I mean, I was never buying this whole the the, the, the tired, lazy nonsense that. You see all the time that FSG won't do anything in January crap. I just think it's been, the signs have been there really, really clearly that we're going to. What I was not convinced about was whether we would do midfield and, and up front. I think it's great that we're going for a forward, but, um, but to me it's inconceivable. If they're going for a forward, it's inconceivable they're not looking at a midfielder as well. They, I agree, but do you, know, do you know something though? If it was a case of like you can only have one or the other, as much as we need a midfielder and as much as we've been saying all season, need a midfielder, need two midfielders actually, we're all, we all say that. Right now, at this moment in time, if it was one... I would take the forward just because it's such a dire need that we've got with like because you know the cavalry's not arriving anytime soon. Jotter and Diaz are out for like another two minute, two months, three months in Diaz's case, and that's assuming that they come back with no problems and then they're fit for the rest of the season. So in the meantime, yeah. you know Bobby's supposedly not bad, but who knows? You know we've heard this before. Yeah, it's two games and then they're out for a month. And when you're playing like twice a week anyway, you're out for a couple of weeks. Well, that's four games. And you're relying on like the same players to play all the time, which increases the risk of them getting injured. So uh, we've got to get a forward. I mean, we had Ox playing left wing today and he was okay. You know, I'm not saying he was he was bad or anything, but it's not giving you what, what you're actually wanting in that position. And that's nothing against Ox. Because I've said all along, I don't see him as like a, a front three player. Now, Gakpo can come in from the left, so you, you could be playing him in that position. If we bring him in, that immediately means we've got 
him on the left, Darwin in the middle, Mo on the right, and then you've still got Bobby to come back in, and you know uh, the kids like Carvalho, Ben Doak. You can bring them on late in games because that should be like Ben Doak at the moment. What what happened today? That's really what it should be for the next couple of yeah, weeks. You know, maybe agreed. next yeah. time he gets fifteen minutes, or you know, you yeah. got to ease yeah. him in, see what he can do, and think, okay, he might be ready for more minutes now. So I think that's you know that was an ideal opportunity for us to do that today. So it was great to see, um, but we've got to get a, an established forward in, like, or when I say established, someone who's ready to just come in and play, and you're not going to be like thinking he's going to be great in two years or whatever. We yep. need something now. And I wouldn't be saying that if Diaz and Jota weren't injured. I don't think that would be like that urgent to get someone. That would be something you'd look at in the summer, depending on what they do with Bobby. But we need we had last year we did so well because we had the five. You know, from the moment Diaz came in and we had five forwards, we just ran riot because we were able to rotate them, keep them all fresh, make like a triple change in a game. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you've got the options to do that. And you take like those options away and you've just got like Mo and Darwin at the moment. And then, you know... No, it's a fair point, Dave. You, do you know, do you, know you just We desperately need a forward and, and he, yeah, he fits I, the profile. Yeah, yeah I think, Listen, uh, I mean, I, I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. He fits the profile. I mean, I've, I've not seen enough of him. Play. I saw a couple of YouTube clips where he looks to be very, very skillful, and, and as Chris was saying, like fast and direct, and um, you know, got, got all the tricks. That's what I mean by fitting the profile. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. One, one, of, one of the things that um, one of the things that just struck me there as you were talking is when you're talking about the five forwards. Is actually does this now mean that Bobby is off in the summer? We're not gonna we're not gonna renew Bobby because that means you know we've got we'd have Mo, Gakpo, Darwin, Jota, and Diaz. So does that mean that is this pretty much confirmation that Bobby's on his way? Because I don't see how we go six senior players. Yeah, probably. But how often are you going to have all six of them fit, especially with Jota's recent history? Still so, carrying yeah, the wages, I, though, aren't you? I think, you it's, yeah, I think it's likely that that it does mean that Bobby's off. But you know, if he was to accept like uh, reduced terms, who knows? I I, I don't know, but. I'd be quite happy if we, if we did keep him around, just but not at the expense of signing someone. Um, yeah. As you say, the wage bill, you know, maybe you can't carry six strikers all on like decent money. I, I I don't know, but you know that's a conversation for another day, I suppose. But like, hopefully, this is quite far down the line. You'd assume it would be for it to even be getting out now. There must be, you know, they normally like try to keep things as quiet yeah. as possible for it to have got out now you'd like to think and with Verge saying that as well you know like I read the quote from Verge and in my head when I was like I was picturing him saying it I imagined him winking at the reporter <laughs> it was just that like sly it was grin. like hopefully we'll have some new faces in the squad or something and, and I'm like it's a bit of a weird thing to say if you don't know something so yeah that that it all does tie in so yeah hopefully that happens be made up if it does it's so, right love a sign up. L- Listen to, listen to this, guys, and tell me it doesn't get you like really jazzed for it. It's from the coach's voice. I'm not sure who wrote it, but tell me that this doesn't like fit the profile for us beautifully. It, it kind of builds on my like back of the fag packet analysis um, <clears throat> with some actual substance. It says, um, "Excuse my sniveling." Gakpo is a right-footed attacker who has tended to play on the left for PSV, though he has also played the occasional game for them as centre forward. This has led to more consistent game time through the middle for his country. 
and this is the bit that got me. The strongest aspect of Gakpo's game is his ability to find shooting opportunities when he does particularly well, which he does particularly well when moving inside from a wide starting position. He follows passes in field after cutting in, using his front foot to knock the ball forwards, and then offering to receive a return pass, often in a shooting position. From these inside left positions, he also has the ability to continue his run into the space between the opposition's right back and centre back. Here he can receive on the move and in an even more dangerous position. Gakpo is an agile attacker who adjusts his body shape well inside the penalty area to finish on the run or control the ball while moving at pace before shooting across the ball. He likes to open up his body to bend a shot across goal with the inside of his right foot while he's also shown the ability to drive through the ball with his laces. Is that like about this Cody Gakpo or somebody just replaced his name with Mo Salah? Yeah. <laughs> or Sadio Mane, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. No, I'm, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I don't want to get too excited in case it doesn't happen. Like, but it's Joyce, it's happening. Yeah, it's it, Joyce, does, yeah. it does feel and, like And he said advanced, advanced negotiations yeah. with PSV. Usually advanced negotiations means like 11 o'clock tonight it'll be announced or something. I know, That's yeah. That's how it yeah, usually and it's, works. You know, and uh, you can't register him for a week or just under a week. Mm. But uh, yeah, superb. I think they must. I think the, I think that there's serious competition for him. I think that's why they're moving quick. The Manx were heavily, uh, heavily linked, weren't they, for a while. They were... They've been in conversations with the player, I believe, for quite a while. Yeah, um, well, that happened so, with, last year with Diaz as well. Like Tottenham, did, Tottenham it, yeah. did a deal, agreed personal yeah. terms, and all of that. And yeah. then once somebody else had negotiated it all, we just nipped in and went <laughs> we the okay. Because if we I mean, start that, the negotiating, the, the price is probably higher. But like, if you you let someone else do the deal, not necessarily in this case because it's Man United, so they're going to be paying through the nose because it's it's Man United. No one's going to give them a player on the cheap. But if they've maybe like. PSV have said, look, we've had this offer and that offer. This is the situation. What do you want to do? We don't want to let them go to somebody else when we need... We've got to buy somebody. Like, last year we did it. Uh, similar thing now. And getting it done early is really important anyway because you're playing twice a week. You know, in January, the start Definitely. of January. It's, this month's mental. There's no point. So I, I joked about it the other night, didn't I? I said, we'll probably sign someone on, like, the 28th. But and there's no point doing that. You've got to get it done immediately to get the benefit of it. So Klopp's obviously sent his agents out to the World Cup, hasn't he? A agent Virgil has got him Gakpo, and mm -hmm. uh, Agent Hendo and Trent have, uh, have been working away on Bellingham. Yeah. Um, I I'm still not ruling out Bellingham in January. I know loads of people are pouring cold water on that. I'm still not ruling that out. Uh, I think that's possible. Did you not see Klopp, though, the other day, Paul? Did you, you know, did you see yeah, I did. When he got I did. asked. And when he, I did. When he got asked about um, signing Bellingham, and he just he started blagging. laughing, which is what he yeah, would always do. But I it, think it was, it was, he can turn that on, I think. Yeah, he was doing that. But then someone said, like, they started saying about, oh, you know, what about the possibility of signing Bellingham? And he started laughing. And then, and when he finished the sentence, he said, in January. And Klopp kind of looked a bit shocked. And I was like, in January? And I'm like, he's, no, he's I, laughing because he's he was... thinking, yeah, yeah. But then as soon as he said January, he was like, January? What? No. No, oh, I, that's I, not I think happen. that came across to me as though he was hamming that all up. I thought he was hamming the whole thing up. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I think he was just trying to uh, he was just trying to put people off the scent. We're quite clearly in for Bellingham. I, I if they're not asking for him in January, they're not doing the jobs properly. Yeah, that doesn't ask, mean we'll get him. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean we will get him. But I, I I think they'll definitely be trying for him in January. If the player wants to come, if the player turns around and says, "I want to go now," Dortmund will let him go as long as we pay the fee. Nice. Anyway, breaking news on the pod. Love yeah. it. I know, Fantastic. Yeah. I'm back. Cool. Excited, cool. Nice. Stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. What a day. The fee is um, blowing my mind, you know. That seems so low. That's Michael Edwards' business, that. I well, just, I, I, 
Apart from Darwin, though, that's what we tend to do, isn't it? We go for players in like that forty yeah, million range. Absolutely, I just feel the profile of this Mark, guy though has Sadio, gone beyond. Uh, Jota, have gone beyond some of the other players we've signed for that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, just coming off a World Cup and and there being real competition for him. It's great though, fantastic. But it, it is like our, our typical, like twenty-three year old around the forty yeah, million is, mark. Right. That, yeah. That, yeah, that's like what we do. Darwin's like the only. The only time we've really veered away from that. And even that, we've, it's like an extra 20, 25 million quid. But the age is still the same. It, it, he's obviously like, that. that's our profile of what we look for. Um, yeah, I just hopefully this happens because I just think it, it gives us exactly what we're going to need. And a game like right. that today, I mean, if you add, and again, this is not a knock on Ox in any way, shape or form. It's just a fact. Like Ox is a midfield player who's, who's, playing like up front so if you take ox out of that today and then you put someone like gakpo in and the space that we had to attack villa today oh, you know, that they played incredible. with a high line and we were able to just keep getting in behind them but if you've got three players who can do that it, that just makes like makes all the difference someone yeah. like that just a, an extra yeah. goal threat as i say that that's what we, we desperately need and as much as we need a midfielder i think because of the injury situation we need a forward more so that would be like the first deal i would have done was to get a forward in and then look at the midfield hopefully as well do you know, do you know the other thing about it is i mean uh, jules always pours cold water on transfer speculation but then he also comes out and says but he loves a transfer and he loves the way a transfer gives the club a lift. And I think that's exactly what it will do. Mm-hmm. It'll just have everyone buzz. And we saw it with Diaz, didn't we, a year ago when Diaz came in. It just gave everyone a lift. And I think this will do the same. It transforms as, everything, the mood. It does, just, yeah. It not does. just with the fans, with the players as well. But as I say, I can't believe they'll Unless do this the and shit. not try for a midfielder <laughs> as well. They'll, they'll definitely do a midfielder as well, I think. Uh, hopefully, yeah. And the, the the cool thing as well is there's nothing better than signing a player who's just lit up a World Cup as well. Like, I love yeah. that. Fantastic. <laughs> as long oh, as they're not safety hour and alleged youth. Hey, we were buzzing when we signed I know signed we were. Uh, yeah, we, we were massively buzzing, but it didn't didn't turn out so well, did it? No, but, no, no, it but, didn't. But that's we can worry about that further down the line. Like, at least you're getting, like, that, the excitement, the buzz and that now. So, yeah. And, uh, and there's still talk about that um, Enzo Fernandez as well. And like yeah. it's funny because you just start reading things into it. Like I watched like Lander's press conference the other day, and he kept talking about Enzo, Enzo this, and Enzo that. And yeah, but everyone else, everyone else, it was like surnames. And I'm like, yeah. does, it, does he know him? Is he is he like he's talking as though like he's got a relationship with him? Have they had talks? Has he been speaking to him? And now he's just like, oh yeah, me and Enzo, yeah yeah, we're sound. And it's, I was like, hmm. Or is he just he couldn't be asked saying his surname? It was just easier to just say Enzo. I don't know. But yeah, you do start looking for little things like that, don't you? But and then the Portuguese press have been like going on about like uh, his preferences, Liverpool and this and that. And then you get the Spanish press, say Spanish press, basically AS, which is like a Real Madrid fanzine, isn't it? Uh, there's every, every story they ever run is about how much like player X or player Y has the heart set on Madrid. And like it, it's it's just the same routine every time they're linked to the play. Like they were saying about how much Bellingham wants to go to Madrid. I'm like, hang on a minute. Hendo said that's not happening, and I'm taking Hendo's word over your word. <laughs> Hendo specifically got asked about Bellingham going to Madrid. He's like, no, no, no. He's he's not going to Madrid now. So that's good enough for me. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah, me me three is right. All right. So there was a game tonight. Um, Where'd we we got up to about <laughs> half time, right? And we got up to just just taking a, a two nil lead um, before the the Cody Gakpo news br- broke. Hopefully that does come to fruition. 
um, and we can get him in in early January and then we'll have him for the games moving forward. Uh, great stuff. Um, so we kind of addressed some of the, the Villa fight-back issues, the chances that they had in that early second half. They eventually got back into it um, with half an hour to go and then you are starting to fear a little bit, Dave, because we've been in this situation a bunch before where we've been pulled back um, and... Um, yeah, it, it looked a bit shaky until we brought those subs on. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said earlier, the second half was just really... We just came out like quite flat. I think credit to Villa as well, because I think Villa really stepped it up, and they were just first to every loose ball, and we, we couldn't get out. We kept, like... Whereas in the first half, when, when like a Villa attacker break down, you know, one of our players would step in front and intercept it or head it clear they were able to, to find one of our teammates and then we'd turn and then we'd get away. That just wasn't happening. It was like we'd clear it, but their players had just pounced on it and, and we were just penned in. And it wasn't a surprise when the goal came. I mean, it's it's a, it's a not a great goal, but it's, it's one of those we, we see it quite a lot with just that gap in between uh, Joel and Trent. I don't know. Like, it's gone over Joel's head. I don't think Joel really knew where, where the player was, where Watkins was. He peeled off the back of him. And Trent was just, I say slow to react, he, just, he didn't react, he was just kind of stood just seeing it happen. Now he's not going to beat Watkins in the air to be fair, but you'd like to see him maybe like just be a little bit more on his toes there. But um, I think, you know, we're going back to what we were saying before about like what's going wrong. Uh, some of the things that Paul mentioned, one thing like, like that uh, we didn't say, and I think it is a bit of a problem, I think we let too many crosses in, and if it's a good ball... Which McGinn put like a couple of fucking glorious balls in there today. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to defend that, so you've got to just yeah. stop that, stop it at source. Don't make Play it as easy again. for them. It's like De Bruyne the other night as well. You know, if you're letting him put crosses in, you're fucked. Yeah, it's like at some point it's going to land on someone's head, and there's nothing you can do to stop that. So you've got to just try and restrict the amount of crosses that are coming in. Uh, I think that's something that we could do better, but that could be partly to do with, you know, because we, we play four three three. Well, when he changed it to four four two, it just means you've got someone sitting in front of the fullback, whereas you, as opposed to having like your central players who like spread out wide to cover, you know they're already there covering it. Just maybe, I'm I'm no fucking tactical genius or anything. Don't get me wrong, but you know it would always used to be like when it was four four two. It was like your wide midfield player, his job was to help the fullback and stop crosses coming in. Whereas our fullbacks don't really have that. They have centre midfielders who will like spread wide to protect them like you know you see Hendo doing it for Trent and that yeah, Genie used to do it brilliantly on, on the left for, with Robbo um, I just think like if you keep letting crosses in if you've got someone who can put a good ball in like De Bruyne the other night McGinn today it is asking for trouble was it McGinn's cross that they scored from or was it somebody else I, know I think it was McGinn McGinn put that team? brilliant one in with the diving header from Watkins when he, when he, he edited it like straight at Allison. that was like him Thiago just didn't close it down enough yeah, did he? he stood too far off arms behind his back and just he, he should have been I suppose that was, that was it wasn't the only thing in my mind when I was talking about the lack of that real supreme intensity from our midfielders but that was in my mind when I made that point is that you know in the past We'd just be like absolutely on a player like that so they don't get yeah. a sniff. Be closer to them in the first place. And then when they look when they're shaping to put a ball and you're on them and you've 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 almost taken the ball off them before they before they've even got a chance of putting the pass in there. I think um yeah, it's yeah, that was that that for me is where I think it, it stands out. the difference between the midfield now and the midfield of, you know, four years ago. Yeah. 
Um, in that, that that supreme intensity is just not there. And I think, as we've said, I mean, it's just going over all ground, but that, that will only come through rejuvenating the personnel, I think. Yeah. I just think 30-year-olds haven't got that intensity in the legs. It's just not possible. We, we tried to evolve it a bit, didn't we, by bringing in Thiago. who has been brilliant, don't get me wrong, I love Thiago. But you maybe lose that fraction of what, what Genie gave you, yeah. but you gain in other think, areas. I, I don't so. think the two things are incompatible, Dave. I think we can still have that more evolved play with, with the elements that Thiago gives you, but you still need the other two need to have real intensity in the legs, or at least one of them has got to be. Yeah. You need someone who can cover a lot of ground really intensely. And we haven't got... There isn't one of them really that can do that consistently. Now, Hendo's probably the closest to it, but, uh, you know, at his age, he can't do it 90 minutes every week. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think that maybe it's something we have to live with for the time being. You know, we, we are going yeah, to be think so, as a we evolve, vulnerable yeah. at the back, but... I, I mean, if you look at the last two games, I mean, City's an outlier because we know that's the the most difficult game we're going to play. So we're going to have more games like that today than than playing against City. But even with that game the other night, it's like, yeah, we've given up more chances than we should have given up and we could have conceded more than we did. But again, it's like, if we take the chances that we're creating, it's not really going to be a problem. And that today, again, you know, we should be coming away with like five or six goals there today. So it doesn't even matter if you concede two. Because if if we, as long as you're playing as well as we are going forward and creating those chances, just be a bit more clinical. But this is the problem we had last year, you know, like Champions League final, classic example. Totally dominated that game, had way more chances than they did, but not clinical enough. Uh, it, it feels like Mo's the only one who's clinical. But even Mo, you know, it, it's not like he scores every chance he gets. That one today when he ran through, what, that would have just been like one of the fucking greatest goals ever. Yeah. And he, he just he had one bad touch. Every that touch he had was great, and the one bad touch he just got it stuck under his feet. And, and then so when like you him. look, so not like him that. And, and if he just just squared it, Trent Trent's got a tap. It Trent broke oh, his neck Trent to get up and support that run by oh Trent God. to get up there. Unbelievable. He's caught up with Mo. You know Mo's yeah. running flat out. Trent actually caught up with him and is square. Just waiting for the tapping. Uh, Mo's obviously not seeing him, but you know it's the bad touch kind of stopped him from doing anything. You know, like just that one touch that got stuck under his feet meant he couldn't square it and he couldn't he couldn't get the shot away properly. But yeah, it's so frustrating because we've just been robbed of like a goal that we'd have just remembered forever. Um, but it's was it, it, that's like you know how much I love those goals when like the other team's got a corner and like we just break on it and it's like the red arrows. It was the green yeah. arrows today, like, but yeah, I, I love that, and it looks like we're maybe getting that back a little bit with Mo and Darwin. It would have been similar yeah. to that one that he scored at Goodison last year, where he nipped it off the defender's feet and then just yeah ran through, ran clear of the defender, and he got it out of his feet that time, but he didn't tonight. Shame. Um, but Paul, we did eventually um, make the chances count. We missed a couple more. Darwin had one as well where he was clean through. Um, I'm not really sure anybody in the ground thought he was going to score that or at home. I certainly didn't. But he did pay a telling contribution to the third goal, did really well to put it back to Bicetic. Bicetic? Uh, is that how you pronounce his Bajetic. name? Bajetic. I'm not sure. Bajetic. Bajetic. Um, I don't know. don't know. Um, the young teenager um, who came on <laughs> and... Um, the Spanish lad. Yeah, pulled back by Nuez. Yeah. And he did uh, He did well to get away from the keeper, show some good com- composure, and then uh, put it through Tyrone Legs'... Uh, Tyrone Mings' legs. Tyrone uh, Legs' Mings. Mings. <laughs> Mings. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the two things... 
the two things about him that I think you mentioned that, that stand out to me about him uh, are his, his technique and his composure. Those are the two things which make him stand out for his age, um, yeah. based on what I've seen. I've I've not been as blown away by him as some people have, because I think, but well, maybe that's a maybe that's a factor of, of of his maturity in that he has been he's he's much he's the he's the opposite to Darwin in some senses. You know, he's he's just he's all composure. He's all about the right decision making. Um, and uh, you know, I think that's um, that. So that's maybe why I've been a little bit circumspect about him, and I've not really, not really formed a strong view about him. But I think today it, that really did stand out. Both of those things. It was the technique, um, but also the composure in the moment. Really, really good. I mean, he's very highly rated, isn't he? Yeah. It's quite clear that I think he is. He is in the mix for the uh, the totally rebuilt midfield. I'm not saying he's going to be. He won't be in the in the first choice three. But he's certainly going to be a key uh, a key squad player. I think who who continue to get game time. I think regardless of whether we bring in two uh, two first choice players, as it seems likely with, over the next six months. I don't um, think he's he one who's to have what you'd want. You know the way no, some of them. I don't he, think he. You know, agreed, he'll be agreed, around Dave, the squad. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Same I with Ben Doak as well. I don't think he'll yeah, go out yeah. long. I think they. Yeah, they got to play, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, so it was good, good, good goal and, and and good composure. Yeah, good to see that. And it killed the game then, really, didn't it? That was that was it then. That was that was the three points. Yeah, if I perhaps if I was Curtis Jones, I'd be a little bit concerned watching him at the moment. Yeah, different, but different maybe, position. Maybe but Curtis it's, needs it's that. Still like, it's still I've got no problem with that. I, like, I want to see Curtis under that little bit of pressure because yeah, I I yeah. still I still believe in Curtis. I still Same. think he can be a really 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 good Liverpool player, but he he has got to show that. The pomp that he used to show in the youth teams, we need to see that in the first team. And he's got it. I know he's got it. Uh, but it's got to it's got to be brought out of him. It's got to stay um, fit as well, Paul. That's get, it's a true, bit of a worry that, that like he's just yeah, getting all these like niggly injuries all the time now. It is. Although Stevie Stevie had that at a similar age, didn't he? Stevie had lots of niggly injuries at, at a similar age. Didn't seem like he was out quite as much, but he certainly had lots of little things which kept uh, taking him out of the team. Not saying he's like Stevie, but just in terms of some players get that. At that age, in terms of growth spurts and what have you, as the body he has, adjusts, he has like filled out a bit, and he, he is getting bigger. So that does bring injuries sometimes. Like he's not like just the skinny little kid who first got in the team. Yeah. You, know, you can see he's like bulked up a bit. So yeah. yeah, maybe maybe it is just growing pains, but it is a worry that like it's just one one injury after another. Nothing massive, but I don't know. They've not really said anything, have they? Um, <clears throat> he was ill, wasn't he? There was illness, wasn't there? Yeah, right. is he injured again now or just ill? No, he's injured. He's not. He's not being involved for a few weeks, has he? He did, did miss the uh, the last, the second preseason game. Don't know if he played in the first one either, for that matter. I didn't watch the first one, uh, but yeah, just the. Uh, I don't know if it's the same injury. Um, it was a, was it like a shin or something? Was it? And he said it was, and he said it was related. Shin, to like, that's a mad injury. He said it was related to like. Uh, growth, you know, it was something like that. But I don't know if this is the same thing now or if it's something else. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see. Let's well, he, he got soon. back, didn't he? He got back towards just before like footy shut down for the World Cup. He got back in the squad. He was he was getting some minutes, and now he's like back to square one again. Yeah, it's worrying. Um, so Paul, we we saw the game out really comfortably after that. Um, where do you think this win leaves us now? Where do you think? Uh, what sort of stead do you think it stands us in moving forward? Uh, positive all round we've made up some ground uh, a platform to build on perhaps oh very much so very, very much so I mean I, you know I'm, pr- I'm probably overly optimistic at times about Liverpool but I certainly am very comfortable about top four I, I, I do think um, 
January transfers will be a significant factor in our season. Um, but I felt that before we heard the news about Gakpo um, tonight. Um, you know, I just think that lift, and I think we need we, we can't just have one. I think we definitely need the midfielder as well. Not don't mind which midfielder it is, but we need a first choice midfielder to come in. Um, but yeah, no, I feel very positive. I mean, I think I, we're a team that can grind it out. We're a team that's um, that's got the uh, we've got the know-how, we've got the talent. I think all we've been lacking is is uh, legs and intensity, and um, you know, a way to get through some of these injuries. So I think, yeah, um, yeah I, I feel I feel pretty. I, you know, there were there were there were positives and negatives tonight. You know, but I, I very much half glass full for me after tonight. I think Darwin. Um, is exactly um, where we want him to be. You know, really good, really good foundation for the rest of the season from Darwin. I think he's the points Dave was making earlier about him, him getting us and us getting him. He is definitely starting to click. Yes, the finishing needs to come through, but I, I just third time I mentioned it now. It really struck me how universal the the elation for him was on the bench when he came off. They definitely feel inside the club that he is starting to give them what they want. Um, so I think that will work well for us. Little positives like you know Ben Doak, you know okay. sending sending Luca Dean for the echo with his first meaningful contribution in the game, you know I think he's he's certainly he's got that kind of um, that prodigious um, sort of flair that you get a young player when they come through and they don't seem to they don't seem to have any inhibitions whatsoever. He has seems to have this really strong belief in himself and yeah I'm sure he's quite raw as well. But uh, just nice to see players like that coming through. I, I, I do wonder if we're going to actually look back on this season and think that actually, while we were back in the summer, we were talking about it being a season of evolution. It's actually been a season of revolution and that we've actually made quite a lot of changes to the team and to the squad. I wonder if we might get to the summer um, and actually the, 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 the team will have actually changed quite considerably, both in terms of personnel and in terms of the way we play um, by, the, by the end. So yeah, I I, I think I, I think uh, today bodes well for the rest of the campaign. Um, and I'm, on on that note, I think you know momentum's key, and who better than Leicester um, to come up next? Because they're just having the the, the, the season to uh, the season to forget. You know the 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 fact that um, Brendan Rodgers hasn't lost his job thus far is remarkable, really, given the way the Premier League is in terms of hiring and firing of managers these days. Um, was it three nil they lost against? They lost today, I think. Yeah, yeah. they were two 0 yeah. down in six minutes as well. Oof. They gave away wow. a really stupid penalty early on, and then um, then there was really no coming back from them after that. But um, so it's Friday yeah, night, I mean, isn't yeah, it? I think it's yeah, it's Friday night. I mean, you said it, Paul. It's an ideal opponent. Really, um, it should be perfect for us to build upon that, Dave, and, and go out there and uh, go up against a wide open team and really really show them what we're capable of. Yeah, well, I, I was saying after the, the City game that it's the next three games, really, that's going to tell us if whatever we did during the break has paid off or not. So that's a good start, uh, what we saw today. Lots to take from it. I do think like we've got to win the, the next two games as well. There's like no excuses. You've got to beat Leicester at home. And then Brentford's a tough opponent, but realistically, that's a game that like if, if we are... What we should be, then that's a game that like we we've got to win. So and especially like it's the performance as well. I want to watch and, and see things and think, okay, that's definitely better than it was before. Just to see yeah. progress like that. Uh, I definitely want to see uh, Darwin back amongst the goals because I feel like that's important because the two games where he's had those misses, 
attention's on him now, you know, for the misses. It's like, you just let's just get him back amongst the goals just to stop all of that noise. Um, I don't know if you boys noticed today or not, but the bench seemed really pleased with him when he came off. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, they did. It was really pleased, yeah. You piss-taking bastard, yeah. Do, do, do you know what, honestly, though, it was... I've never seen them react to a player who hasn't scored before. <laughs> we get it. It's the fact that he hadn't scored. It was mad. Anyway, no, fuck I know, you. I know. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, got, got to beat Leicester, got to beat Brentford, and then that would suggest that, okay, yeah, we've, we've had that reset. And also, no matter what happens in the next couple of games, I would have still felt we've got to sign players for us to keep the momentum going. So hopefully this happens with, with Gakpo. Uh, he would be he'd be able to play against Brentford, wouldn't he, if we signed him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the new year, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. so you know, all being well, it's only one more game, and then he'd be in there. Um, even if he's like, he'd probably you'd imagine he'd start on the bench, whatever. But it just gives us that other option that we need to to kick on because you know, whatever problems we we've had. I've always felt like the, the top four, I'm not concerned about that. I feel like we should get in the top four. And the reason for that, it's not It's not even about us. It's like I'm looking around at everyone else. I'm like, they're all flawed, you know, and including us, by the way. I'm not saying we're not flawed because we've obviously got flaws as well. We've got a load of good players, uh, experience, you know, know-how. We've been there before, uh, but we have got flaws. Who hasn't? You know, I still think City are going to win the league comfortably. Arsenal's probably too far ahead of us to catch them. But other than that, there's there's nobody I'm looking at and thinking, yeah, we can't catch them. They're, they're better than us. So I'm not worried about top four because whatever flaws we've got, and, you know, people will say, oh, look, we're leaking too many goals and, you know, uh, this isn't working, that's not working. And that's all fair, but... Well, let's look at Tottenham, let's look at Chelsea, let's look at Man United. They're all flawed. You know, Newcastle's flying at the moment, but I still think like they'll come down to earth eventually. I'm not saying they'll implode or anything like that, but none of these teams make me think, yeah, we're in real danger here for top four. We, we can't catch any of these teams because, like I say, everyone's got flaws. Uh, and I, I think still really feel that the World Cup truncated season will, will affect other yeah, teams' fitnesses as might. well. We, who knows? I, I, it's, a, it's an unknown it's quantity, though, isn't it? None but, of us yeah. know what that's going to do. I've always felt that was going to be a factor and it's certainly been a factor for us to this point but I, I just don't see how it isn't going to affect others, others as well I, I think we may see it um, we may see it later in the season with other teams but I definitely think we will see it I, I, don't, I don't think that all these other clubs are going to go all the way to the end of the season and not have issues with fitness because you know we always say it don't we about these, about these modern footballers they are you know finely tuned athletes you know the the rhythms of the of a season are, are, are planned, and and um, the science of the fitness is is something that, that a lot of time is spent on. And I think when that rhythm is thrown, we'll we'll see a price to pay. Well, I mean, obviously we paid our price. Hopefully we're coming through that now. But I don't see others getting away scot free. I just don't I just don't think that'll happen. We're going to see injuries and fitness issues and intensity issues from all these other clubs. Which is why we've got to uh, make the signings. Uh, yeah, definitely. Two signings yeah. in January, a striker and a midfielder. If we do that, yeah, agreed. And then we don't have like a massive injury crisis. Um, I I think we'll be fine. I'm not I'm not worried about top four. I think we've got more than enough to do it. Yeah, same. The real it's issue is the Champions League, though, isn't it? Because if we get like, because um, you can register players, so whoever you bring in, you can register them in the Champions League, and that could be the difference between winning the Champions League and getting knocked out by Real Madrid. 
You know, you yeah, get like signings anyway at the ground running, and yeah, yeah. it could be all the difference. When is that first game? Is it a couple of weeks into January? Is it? I thought it was later than that. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was later than that, but I thought it was March to be honest. Is it? It's a while away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a while. Oh, away. Okay. I thought it was early March. Let's have a look. So mid Feb. Mid Feb. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mid Feb. So are, Six, think, are we at home then. first? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the twenty first of Feb. So ages yet. Mm. Yeah. Plenty of time for the new lads to get the feet under the table. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Uh, well, is there anything else you guys want to add before we call it a night for tonight until Friday? Uh, no, I suppose we should probably look a little bit ahead to Friday. What, would we make any changes? Canate uh, will be back, won't he? I think he's yeah. back training tomorrow. I think they said he's back in Tuesday. So uh, maybe he comes back in. But what, Monday to Friday, probably don't need to make any changes. Joel should be all right to, to play again on Friday. Joel's really good today again, I thought. Yeah, he was. I mean, we've given away a lot of chances during the game, but I thought both the centre-backs played really well. Yeah, I, I, yep. I suppose the other, just not necessarily for Friday, but I just want to see Ramsey be eased in more as well. I think uh, I think Ramsey is got is going to have a lot to offer and will be important for the rest of the season as well. So was I he just want to see. Him. I don't know. Was he? I don't think so. No, no. And you know, I tell you what, I, I want to say something as well. Um, I think Joe Gomez made a difference when he came on today. I just because just. Um, he just tightened up that side a little bit. You know, he was just getting his foot in, getting in front of people. Didn't do nothing spectacular, but I felt like he made a contribution. Which just wanted to say that because if he makes a mistake, I'm like, you know, I'm always pointing that out. So, just wanted to say, thought, uh, thought he did well off the yeah, bench today. He's looking more assured of fullback than centre half yeah, these days. Isn't I said he? that to yeah. my dad. You know, I, 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 I'm no problem with with Gomez playing right back. It's when he's playing centre back now is when like I always feel like the mistakes are going to come. Uh, at right back, mm-hmm. I think he's solid. He's obviously he's not going to give you what Trent gives you, but I think he's solid, dependable, and you know there's an he's argument that going forward well, as well. if if you're up against like you know a, a tough winger, there's an argument that you maybe you know for certain games you think you know what just be a little bit more pragmatic here and, and maybe play him. Yeah, you know you could argue yeah. like away in the Bernabeu against Vinicius Junior, you could maybe say look let let's play Gomez against him. Uh, depending yeah. on the situation, saying that, like I feel like Trent's done well against Vinicius when he's played against him. But um, yeah, maybe that's a game where you look at Gomez and think, yeah, that's one for him, just to try to just shut that that flank down a bit. But Canate makes a massive difference in in those situations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when Canate's there, and this isn't like a criticism of Joel's. I think Joel's sensational, but defensively, Canate just seems to shut down that entire side. Well, and it's, it's so it's much the power easier for the pace, fullback. isn't it? He, he yeah, just, just covering he, that that ball behind yeah, Trent yeah, into the yeah. channel, and he can yeah. just cover it, can't he? Like no one's going to be getting the better of him. Yeah, he. I thought the the time he got at the World Cup, he was absolutely fantastic. And French really dropped him for the final. He yeah, was so agreed. fucking good. He was. But more fool them, right? Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he was more really good when he played. So whether he comes back in or not, you can make an argument either way. I think they might want to just ease him back. Though he might be on the bench for that game. Um, I don't really see too many other changes. I think pretty much when's the next game's two days after, three days after. Is it? So we played Friday, so it's Friday, and Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday. Monday. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to have the same team playing both games, so there is going to be some changes. So obviously, uh, we'll have Gakpo in on on the Monday. 
<laughs> no, uh, I think we will see some changes because you can't just keep putting the, the, the same team out. But I don't think there'll be too many changes for Friday. Uh, maybe, maybe Ox doesn't start. Maybe Carvalho starts, or I don't know. Might yeah, do something maybe. different. I would have thought Harvey All might right. come back in for Friday. In what Bring position? Harvey into midfield. In, in the middle, off, off the right, probably. I don't think he'll go with uh, Hendo. Yeah, uh, Thiago and Fabinho. Again. Well, you could, yeah, you could do that and then bring Hendo back in for Brentford. Yeah, yeah. You probably need him more for that type of game. Yeah, that would make sense to do that. Maybe I think um, Kate is probably going to start one of those two games as well. Oh yeah. Now, whichever it. one he starts, I don't want him starting when Harvey's starting as well. I don't. I wouldn't be changing two of them. You know, you, you go with like two of your normal three and then either one of them I wouldn't be making too many midfield changes I think that's when we come unstuck a little bit when, when mm-hmm. we do that we just look a little bit too weak in midfield and easy to play through us yeah. I'm not sure it's going to matter too much against Leicester or, oh, you, um, don't be jinxing it because <laughs> remember last year you had the big epic rant off we played Leicester yeah. <laughs> just remember that now <laughs> oh god well, yeah, if that one ends the same as soon. Uh, no, wait, no, wait. All right, well, uh, which is rich call from me, isn't it? Let's be honest. Well, I mean, I <laughs> just let that times. go because because like, you're sick and you haven't got the fight in you. I know, I, I really, really haven't. Um, but yeah, uh, busy period coming up, lads. Um, lots of games coming thick and fast now. Uh, there are, there's a good indication tonight that we're going to be busy in the transfer window. Yes. That's really capped off a, a nice evening. But um, yeah, I suppose we should, definitely. before we go, spare a thought for the Blues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, uh, if Forest win at Old Trafford tomorrow, they're in the bottom three after a, a, a 95th minute um, defeat at home to the bottom club Wolves tonight when they went chasing a, a win. So... I, I drove past there today uh, at about quarter past two. I was driving back from town and I didn't even know they were at home and I went that way. So I drove like right past Goodison. I was like, oh, fucking hell. So I was stuck in like match traffic and that. And there's like hordes of them just like walking down the road, like the side of the car. <laughs> and I'm looking at them. And I and I, I said to Gail, I went, said, look at this. Said, look at the faces on these. Said, they look perfectly like normal just average people don't they said you know <laughs> carefree just wandering around the road i said give it an hour and the faces will just be all contorted they'll be like spit flying from the miles as they're like screaming <laughs> it'd be just get transformed as soon as they set foot in that stadium and then of course like you see the scenes at the end <laughs> that seagull meme that jill's always posting absolutely oh, yeah. kills me it's brilliant yeah it's the most Evertonian thing ever fucking boo <laughs> oh man well I'm certainly glad they exist anyway Merry Christmas Everton <laughs> alright for real this time anything else to add before we before we send for the go home call no no just uh, no. just a well done to you for soldiering through oh no yeah, problem nice I'm glad one, to be mate. back I was bummed to miss the uh, bummed to miss the city one the other night and good to be on with you Paul because we haven't done one for a while so uh, no can... yeah do another Are you one again the match soon? On Friday, Chris? I you am, yeah, providing Friday. I don't die in the meantime. Nice <laughs> so one. if I'm not there, nice RIP me. Look forward, to it, uh, look forward to seeing you all there. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, good positive day for the Reds today. Big win, big transfer news. 
and uh, a good platform to build on for this elongated second half of the season. We'll be back on Friday night or Saturday morning after the Leicester game, but until then, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.